Hello and welcome back to Rebel Chums. Hello. Hello. Um, I don't know what episode number this is. No, I've lost today, track now. No, it's oh, you've so lost long. track. It's all over. Yeah, <laughs> COVID's got to me. So. <laughs> Not actual COVID. No, not actual COVID. episode spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just the COVID of it all. But yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're tuning in, this is our decom season, and today we're looking at the final film in the Cheetah Girls franchise, which is Andy's favourite franchise. Nothing. I'm just, I'm full, I'm full of emotion at <laughs> reluctantly having to leave this great franchise behind. It's just. <laughs> I wish we could just. I wish there was a Cheetah Girls four, five, and six that we well, could discuss. Well, little do you know, just like Star Wars, there is actually a prequel series <laughs> yes! trilogy of the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> Thank God, the Cheetah. Merry cubs. Christmas to me. Cheetah Girls. Cheetah Cubs. Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're doing Cheetah Girls One World, so it's the third instalment in the trilogy. Okay. Cheetah um, Girls does cultural appropriation. <laughs> and Yay! what? Um, <laughs> Can you so what what do you remember of this because we worked out you were what 11 when this came out 2008 wasn't it Yeah so you would have been 11 Yeah I can't do the maths yeah I was Gosh, you're so young. 11 I'm a child <laughs> <laughs> Um I remember this being quite a big deal when it came out to me personally I think it was nice seeing representation of like Indian culture and heritage on the Disney channel I was um, going to say you're quite into Bollywood time. films, aren't you? So it was yeah, grew up grew up on Bollywood, and like this was a huge deal because it's like seeing Western figures doing Bollywood, and it's like this is mad for for a kid growing up watching Disney Channel where everyone's predominantly white and very Westernized. Um, but yeah, um, I haven't I hadn't seen this film for years now. Like I think the last time I saw it was maybe like two or three years after it came out. Um, so. I'd, don't remember loads of it but I remember liking it at the time and I remember thinking this is great and feeling quite like I don't know quite recognized I guess like it felt like part of my culture was kind of I don't know it's really weird it's like almost projecting Asian culture to people that might not necessarily be exposed to it at that age as well you just feel represented don't you because um, we, we we go through this when like there's like a popular gay thing that starts and it's yeah, like exactly. you feel like you you've been a custodian of something and it's now out in the world and it's like you feel proud of it. I yeah, know it's exactly like everyone feels. now understands yeah. like a bit more about you as a person and like your kind of background, which is which is always great. I had this um, feeling yeah. when Weezer shot up the charts with the cover of Africa. That's how I felt. I, I, I totally say, yeah, understand. I, 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 I totally understand. Did you have this feeling? <laughs> Did you have this feeling when you finally saw a movie with a straight white male protagonist? I know. I, I just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was just so like, you know. So I totally understand how you guys feel. Definitely, it's definitely the same. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, from what I know about this, obviously, I, I, I am thinking we need to defer to you a lot on this, North, because there's, you know, I, I know Bollywood in a way, very vaguely, but. Yeah. It's I'll not really my genre, to be honest. I'm no expert. I don't think that. either Jake or Rob are either. So I'm very interested in hearing a lot of your thoughts on this, to be honest, on how well it actually works, um, how good a representation it is. My question on this is, like, it's obviously... The, so, based on the synopsis, we know they're going to be making a Bollywood film. Is the film itself, like, stylized as a Bollywood film, or is it literally just a Cheetah Girls film, but they happen to be making a Bollywood film in it? 
Yeah, it, it's more the latter. It's just a Cheetah oh. Girls film in India. Oh. That's, <laughs> very that's very much like shit. the second one was Cheetah Girls in Spain, like like a travelogue kind of thing. Like they could like they could have done telenovela style. Um, Cheetah Girls. That would have Spanish. really, really improved the second one. That would have and, been really good. Yeah. And they could have done this one like in actual Bollywood style, like actually made a Bollywood film about them making a Bollywood film. <laughs> but I guess that's a missed it, opportunity. It has so there. much potential. This film. Let's you know what you're, ta- what you're talking about there? Have you ever seen Spice World? I, I feel like I talk about Spice World a lot, but one of the things that's so fantastic about the movie is that it's revealed at the end that it's the story of how they made the movie we are watching. One of the plots of the movie is that they agree to make the movie that we are watching. God, it's great. That's, that's and crazy. I feel like, wow. Imagine if the Bollywood movie is like getting the Cheetah Girls to agree to do a Bollywood movie a bit, that we've just watched. That's very cliche. That's very much like um, Samwell coming in saying he's rap- written the Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's got to be a record for how quick, and it wasn't even Rob! I know, <laughs> you, you beat Rob to a Game of Thrones reference in a podcast now. And to, be yeah. fair, and to be fair, that was only mirroring the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where you find out that the whole thing like is a story that Frodo's been writing the whole very time. True. And, very yeah. true. God. Very cool. But the Game Spice Girls did it first. Lord of the Rings in the last 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> no, the Spice Girls did it before J.R. Tolkien. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the finding the trailers for the Disney Channel on YouTube for this series has been great. Because they're just these little 30 second TVs. They're not actually trailers, they're just these they're just little 30 second film, TV spots. And it's, oh, yeah, and they get the. Um, when the Cheetah Girls were, when Galleria goes to Cambridge or whatever, and, like, and <laughs> goes to this place, and when they go to Spain and they go to this talent competition, and it's oh god, it's really funny, and um, it's like when Cadet, when Kelly goes to Cadet School, she finds that not everything is, uh, you know, not everything. <laughs> it's always is written a like a story, isn't yeah. It? Um, so I'm hoping that this movie has a stupid trailer like that because it's In nice a and world quick. Oh, it definitely will do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, should yeah. we jump into that trailer now? We've spoken so much about it anyway. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's, um, well, you know, when in India. This is an opportunity for the Cheetah Girls to become international movie stars. They have one chance. You really think we should do this? To follow their dream. What are we waiting for? Cheetahs, it's on. Disney Channel's original movie, The Cheetah Girls, One World. I would like all of you to star in my first Bollywood movie. They're three best friends on the road to fame. It's Cheetah-licious! At least she back light. But on this adventure, there's just one problem. What is going on? Guess you heard. Only one can be the star. They can't really expect us to audition against each other, can they? Now, they'll need their best moves. Are you saying we can't dance? To face their greatest challenge. That will take them around the world. From Disney Channel. We'll always be cheetahs together. Forever. Comes a story of friendship. Starring Adrian Bailon. Sabrina Bryan and Keely Williams. What if this was your only shot to be a star? Don't you think you'd give it everything you've got? This is our Cheetah Destiny. The Cheetah Girls, One World. And we're back. 
from uh, from India. That was Where quick. was it? Was it set in Mumbai? It was Mumbai, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Mumbai, yeah. Yeah, Mumbai, India, which Can Chanel just... didn't know where it was. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you say it's Mumbai, India, in my defence, I don't know where Mumbai is. <laughs> That's your defence, that you're stupid? Do you Can know I just how do a quick this... order of business before we start? Right before we started this, I said to Jake, I wonder how many seconds it'll be before we smash through to the title and the opening credits are oh, over. It was like this, two Honestly, I feel it? like it must have broken your record. It was literally... Two seconds, <laughs> and the title was on, and then gone, and we were in. Yeah, it was just like original movie, it's, Cheetah Girls. It's like a cold open to a film where you just plunged in, and it just starts. It's just it, oh, it's an attack to the senses. I'm surprised you're not again. used to this by now. <laughs> Do you know, just, Jake? Oh, as well. it just feels wrong. It feels weird. <laughs> Do you know, Jake, as well, you know, we were sort of saying, like, Mumbai, India. That's kind of like Barcelona, Spain for the last movie. <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> much, yeah. Did you say Mumbai a lot in the first half of this film, don't they? Hmm. <laughs> Ah oh, well, um, so who do we go to first for thoughts? Because uh, Andy, can I, can I summarize mine and Andy's thoughts with? You can summarize your own. Well, <laughs> just just to give you an idea of how we felt about this film, we didn't realize until halfway the, through the film that we couldn't remember any of the main characters' names, and we couldn't be asked looking it up until still. about ten minutes before. You still well, don't know their name. Well, the thing is, right, I thought, well, we'll just wait and sit, wait for them to say it. Um, the whole film passes. I, I really, I was listening, I swear to God, at no point in the film are Dorinda or Chanel's names spoken. Really? You could watch this film and not know their names. Dorinda once. Dorinda is mentioned once. There's a scene... No, she's called Doe. They Doe. call her Doe. No, they, they, they do say Dorinda. Really? Um, it's towards the end of the movie. It's right before the final showdown with the three men and the three women it's just it's literally just before but it, you're right it is just I guess by this yeah. point you're like I guess they the assumption is know. that you've seen the first two films oh, and I, I, if you I, were I someone get, like that. me who knew all the characters that, yeah. like you, everyone knew their names by that but point if, you, so. if you're making a if you're making a like film series you've got to at least put in some basic knowledge of the characters at the mm. beginning of the film so that people like parents for example who haven't watched the film but the kid are stuck watching it with their kids who haven't seen the first two at least know what the main characters names are yeah it, it gets yeah. it gets a lot of stick but this is why in the new star wars films finn is always going ray or Poe. <laughs> that's why you need to get the names out there <laughs> yeah um, so well, were you not were you not fans of it really? Oh my god, no! Go nothing happened in this film. Literally, nothing happened. My That's interesting because you you feel differently, don't you? I feel yeah, like you think this is this, this, this is my favorite one. Really? I just yeah, thought yeah. it was boring. Like I just felt like nothing happened. There was it did, nothing. It did, com- it did it did get a little boring sometimes, but. I think that this was kind of nice. In, I mean, obviously, without Galleria there, it's instantly improved in my books <laughs> because I found her so annoying and so overbearing and I, I couldn't the stand her. The thing is, though, the thing is... I, right. The, the way I would describe this film is that basically this is a film that exists. Like, and <laughs> yeah. as much as I hated Galleria... I, it's kind of undeniable, you have really. Some feelings that, about her. Well, it, yeah, and in terms of screen time, in terms of the actual character work that was done with her, the previous two films, it was kind of eighty percent Galleria and then twenty percent shared by the other three. And if you take Galleria out, I just feel like there's nothing. You've not done any work with the other three, and these three, I just thought could not carry this movie. Like mm. we're just not invested in them. We don't know them, and 
all three, uh, the three of them really, I just don't feel at any point that they develop personalities. I, I feel like all three of them are exactly the same. I think the first film, it's quite obvious that Galleria is a main character. Galileo, Galleria. Ga- Galleria, it's Ga- right. The, the struggle we have. Galileo. Gabriella. Um, <laughs> the many other names I've called her. She's obviously the main character in the first film. And I think they do go some way in the second film, which is why I like the second film quite a bit, of fleshing out the other characters a little bit. But I, I, I've got to agree with Andy, with Galleria, Gabriella. Galleria? Galleria. Galleria. Without Galleria in this film, like, there's just there's a quite obvious missing main character. Like, I, I just... think they tried to crowbar Chanel in as, like, the kind of leader in this film. Yeah. But it, it she's, like she doesn't make a very good kind of... She's not as intense as Galleria, and I think, like, I, I do agree. I feel like the movie's lacking, like, a clear protagonist because they've tried to make it almost equal between the three but then they've given Chanel kind of a bit more of a pedestal but it's not enough like it's odd no you're watching Glee at the moment aren't you I am I'm on season two and I think it's a good comparison right that everybody as far as I know everyone who I've met who talks about Glee everybody hates Rachel like she's a really (laughs) unlikable main character but (laughs) you could not the show could not go on without her no she's so annoying she's funny she's too fundamental (laughs) it couldn't go on without her yeah, no, I agree. And that's what this feels like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Galleria is, is the Rachel Berry, isn't she? Of, she, of she, actually, she is quite a similar character. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the other, like, for, for what they were, the other three characters were not offensive at all. I just felt like they were pretty blank. And I feel like maybe this film should just not have gone ahead without Galleria, to be honest. Also, but here we are. Was this film shot in Mumbai? Yes, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Because it just a lot of the like scenes look like they just dressed up a bit of New York and there was that yeah I don't think they made the most of it to be honest although they did have the real elephants which I thought was actually quite impressive like yeah probably yeah. ate into their budget quite a lot I was going to say <laughs> it, it felt lo- having just watched well recently watched High School Musical 2 that felt like a movie this was very much back to feeling like a TV movie like yeah, yeah I agree the, the budget felt low for this one which is strange because the budget was the budget was higher for this I think although we don't know whether it's yeah I don't true. know how big that like, you should spent on elephants or it might yeah. have been spent on the cast who are the cheetah girls elephants are expensive I, I imagine they are <laughs> I've never bought one though. they actually ride an elephant at the end as well don't they yeah that's an expensive thing and so, the big wedding dress-up scene, and with all the cast that they had at the end in the final number, like it. That yeah, it does feel like that's where most of the money is spent. Mm. There's a lot of stuff, but not much substance, to be honest. Yeah, it, yeah. but but Rob, you disagree with us. You thought this was the best of the three. Yes, so. um, I don't want to like spend ages comparing it to um, the first two because it, it, as much as it's you know the last of the trilogy, it's still a movie in its own right. So I'll try and judge it on those terms. Um, Obviously, there are bits of it that are really crummy. I just feel like I want these movies to stop taking themselves so seriously because whenever they get to a serious bit, the drama's pretty crap. Like, and they can it's never so commit to it for long. You can't take the drama seriously. Maybe, but like, I mean, I don't mind. Well, this one's meant to be quite high stakes, isn't it? Like, it's the chance to star in a Bollywood film. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it's just it, it, they can never commit to it for very long. The actors aren't very good. It's just like. Don't give them any problems. I didn't like the whole three-way fight thing at the end between the three of them. Where it was like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, they came to the resolution that it's like no part and no money is worth more than friendship and how nice is that? But like the 10, 15 minutes before it were kind of like, kind of skull-scrapingly bad. And it really dragged the film down quite a lot for me. 
But there were elements of this that I quite enjoyed, and in the end, by the end of the movie, I was sort of thinking, yeah, that was fine. Like, that was okay. Like, I've had major issues with the other two movies, and I didn't really find much to argue against them. Whereas with this, there were crummy moments and kind of naff bits, but I feel like what this does a little better is that, yeah, there's not much in terms of plot, really, but it I think it's it's still, like, a nice enough story. Like, at the beginning, I was worried that they had basically, like, we'd sort of touched on, that they'd turned Chanel into, like, the leader, and she was someone who was going to be like, the cheer girls are my life for, like, every 30 <laughs> seconds, like Raven was in the first couple of movies. But then that was, once they actually got to India, that was kind of toned down a little bit, yeah. and it became more about the three of them. I think there are elements of this that are slightly meta because I think they come about by default rather than the purpose of like the writing but this is the end of the trilogy so there is a chance for reflection as you look out at what's coming for you and you know there's this and I imagine we'll see quite a lot of this in High School Musical 3 where you know a lot of the characters are looking inward and they're worrying about staying together and they're worrying about whether this is the end of their friendship. They're not really sure where to go next. They're worried about change. And these are all of the things that come up when you finish a trilogy and sort of a sudden you're a creative person and you have to put your energy into something else. And I feel like that came about sort of by default of the movie mm. being the last of the trilogy. But, you know, it was that was nice enough. I thought I just, I, Well, I just... Sorry to interrupt. I just think yeah. it wasn't really addressing those themes. It was just paying lip service. They would just mention yeah. it every so yeah. often that, oh, well, we have these things over the summer. Then they'd find a way out of it, laugh and hug, and then we'd slow fade to the next scene. Oh, yeah. It happens There's about 20 so much times. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought the culture clash stuff was okay. Okay. Like, well, I thought that, like, I thought what they were going to do, because there are no real antagonists in this movie. There's no, because the the problem... There's the uncle guy, isn't there? Yeah, the thing they have to overcome, really, is trying to get into the movie. Like, the the villain is the problem rather than a person. And I was a little bit worried going into it that they, first of all, it was the choreographer who we met, and then the producer, the uncle guy that Jake said... I was worried that they were going to, like, characterise them. Like, the first Indian character we meet is going to be some kind of enemy. <laughs> and, oh, and yeah. you know, but then they did the Dance Me If You Can song, which I thought was, like, the song itself was pretty crap. But the way they used it as, like, a montage to blend, like, New York hip-hop dancing and Bollywood routines was quite nice. Um, and obviously, like, there's huge limitations in this movie because they try to pull off some Bollywood routines at various points and it's way way lower in terms of standard and in yeah, terms I would of say scale that does not come off that doesn't it come really off it doesn't it's one of the yeah. moments where the, you can see that they've tried but they don't have anywhere near enough extras for a start you, you need about a yeah. thousand extras to make a decent bollywood routine yeah. and they have like 30 and there were a couple of nice set pieces where I thought they maybe could have gone back to a bit more, like with the weird sort of scaffolding on the edge of that wall that was looking out over the sea, mm. with the dancers in the cages that kind of reminded me of the um, Little Less Conversation video from uh, about 2002. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just the most bizarre thing that yesterday I listened to that song for the first time in about 15 years. That is wow. so, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> just, wow, yeah, uh, uh, great uh, coincidences. And now, like, it wasn't... 
good because you're always going to get like even with the best of intentions you're going to get a miscommunication you're going to get a lack of understanding between what Ameri- what india actually is and what americans think india is and then you end up like we did where it's kind of kind of like they tried to turn it into an advert advert for the tourist board mm. and it becomes like come to india and see this but see this didn't even feel like come that. to india and see that and this, they showed the no parts elephants. of India in this film. No, because so they it's, don't it's really kind of, give a shit. They're so well, yeah, it's like, like yeah. it's all like bits of the city of Mumbai, and that's literally all. All well, you see is like we, mountains we weren't and sure, sand. We weren't and sure water. this was filmed in India. This is the thing. It, we I, sure I it checked. Was yeah, actually, yeah. we did film it on location. Yeah, but, but yeah, you could you wouldn't think they did to be honest, just by watching the film. This is where like my issues come in with like these films in general, which is just like they've gone to this location and they've paid all this money to go to Mumbai, to go to India, to shoot on location and make it look all authentic and stuff and then they just kind of don't give they a shit they got a bit about... meta with that as well at the beginning you know when they had the Taj Mahal like yeah. the little poster oh, that they yeah. I thought that was and someone funny, carries yeah. it off yeah. the screen but like, it's like yes we want to go here but we can't <laughs> they've gone to all this effort to like make Mumbai really important but like this could have taken place basically anywhere yeah. there's no there's nothing about India that lives and breathes through the movie it's just where they happen to be. Yeah. I, and I completely agree that it, yeah, they location yeah, they turn film it and into... especially if you if you base a whole film around a location it should always be justified. Always Yeah, and... no, I totally agree because and I think it yeah. was in, in the Cheetah Girls too. Like when in Spain I feel like felt Spanish throughout. I agree. And everything there was there was <laughs> all the kind of Spanish music and yeah, stylization see, that, that's what I was, and yeah, I was they, gonna, they did yeah. quite a lot with that. Whereas in this I feel like it's an American a thoroughly American story in yeah. India. If you if you listen to the soundtrack for When in Spain, you'll hear sort of Spanish twangs kind of throughout. Yeah. And they're in more than one song. Whereas with this one, you every now and again you get like a, no, no, but you get like an Indian instrument in yeah. like two I of the songs. That. Yeah, yeah. There, there are only sitar two over songs. The establishing shots. Yeah, yeah, and nothing else. And it's like they've not made the effort to kind of like to even try to make it sound a bit more I don't know, appropriate to, to the location. I feel like they are just classic Cheetah Girl songs in India. This, yeah, it's almost like... Um, it's a bit like Virtue Signal in it, isn't it? They've gone out to India and are like, look how, look how cool we are. We're going out to this far-off place to yeah, do this Yeah, and film. I guess the, and the like... idea of the whole Bollywood film as well as being a way to make it more popular would be to bring Western people into it. Yeah. Like, the whole The whole concept of that at the start of the film is just like what <laughs> it's well, something I, mean, I didn't pick up on as a kid but like making well, a Bollywood, Bollywood film movies have got international audiences anyway I was well, going to yeah, say exactly, but that's yeah. what I said at the start it was like yeah bring bring a western um, female lead in to make the film more popular and it's like that's that's not that, that would never yeah. happen in a as, Bollywood film as far film, as I'm aware like, that has never happened like, no, Bollywood yeah. films are the wrong like microcosm of cinema where all of these mm. stars exist within them I don't where, know any western like, stars that have done a Bollywood film it just film. wouldn't happen no <laughs> and they're all wildly popular so they don't need a western well, stand yeah, exactly. even if they were western they would at least be of Indian descent if they had done Bollywood you would never get a white woman in the lead well in no exactly film. you wouldn't and they mostly just do like well they mostly just play white characters like in Kabikushi Gabigan where they go <laughs> yeah, to yeah you get the white like London. dancers in the background or just like other people that like if, if a Bollywood film set in the UK or something yeah. you have people in the background that are white and like they Good interact morning, with glow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly the British people in Kabikushi Gabigam are brilliant like they're so funny that's one on Netflix I would recommend you watch it's three and a half hours long but it is solid 
Um. <laughs> Best three and a half hours of my life. The thing, the thing is, D- Disney is not... No, whether it's Disney or Pixar or DCOMs, they're not known for having a light touch with cultural sensitivity, are they really? It's like, you know, if you go somewhere in a Disney film, it's like... You know, you're basically visiting the Wikipedia article for that country. Yeah. It's like, like Ratatouille was like this, where yes, it's it's done with great care, but come on, Paris isn't really like that in Ratatouille, and like in in India, in in this, it's just kind of like, well, Bollywood, they all kind of wear saris, and that that's kind of it. We've not got no more than that. It's just, it's just like, don't even get me started on kindly old mystic man by the tree. <laughs> that I didn't like at all. Like. I've taken quite a few points off, but there was definite point knocked off for that. I thought that's obviously again. I defer to you or no, but that strikes me as quite an offensive stereotype. Having a magical mystic man in this, um, I thought he was handled quite. No, I think he was quite. Yeah, I feel like he was fine. He, he, he do you know, funnily enough, he was actually my favourite character because <laughs> I, he, enjoyed, I did enjoy him. I thought he was quite yeah, nice. Yeah, with the banana leaf like, whacking her on there. Well, there was little things in it. Like there were little moments in this movie where I feel like, yeah, I think that you know, obviously when a bunch of American directors go over to India and stuff, it can always be better. But I feel like I've definitely seen worse. Like, not just in India, but I've definitely seen worse. Like, in Sex and the City 2, there's loads of horrendous stereotypes. Have you seen Sex and the City 2? Oh, yeah. Because it's like it's one of those famous shit films that you're just curious to see, but, like, there are horrendous (laughs) stereotypes about... Is that the one where they're in, like... Morocco or something. They go to Dubai. Marrakesh. Oh, Dubai, that's and, it. Like, so it's not India, but like there's loads of women there and like they're covered up. Mm. And like and then Samantha liberates them all by throwing condoms at them. Oh, and like and they all take their clothes off and like they're all like these beautiful women underneath all and it's just like this oh god, it's oh horrendous. My god, that and, like, sounds awful. And <laughs> there are sex moments. in the city without the city. So that's Well Dubai is a city. Th- yeah, but that's three quarters of the title is false advertising then, it's just sex. There's no New York in it. It's, it's just sex. Yeah, it's Dubai. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing with stupid sitcom films, isn't it? It's like the same, but in a different country. <laughs> that's what they do and in between as they go on holiday. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of works in the Inbetweeners movies, which I think are okay. They're not great. They're nowhere near the standard of the show, but, fine, like, you know, fine. it's it's easy to take that Inbetweeners concept and throw it at Malia and Australia. Whereas, like, with Sex and the City, it was a show about four, at the beginning, it was about four single women Mm. in New York who were living, who were independent women at the end of the 20th century. Whereas, like, with the movies, it's just, they're just rich people in a different country. And it's, they're both horrendous movies and I hate them both. But (laughs) with this, I was waiting for things to pop up. And I had a little, you you always have a little checklist in your head with movies like this, where you think these are the offensive stereotypes that they're going to tick off. And it's like, there's going to be, at some point in the movie, there's going to be a shot of thousands of people packed onto a train they, they can't drive. There's goats all over the place or something. And I was Elephants waiting. Elephants in the and street. One, one moment of that, I thought that was unnecessary. Was when, when they first arrive in India and they they arrive on set in this big decorated tuk-tuk. And I thought, that's a bit silly. They've got cars. Mm. Like Oh, I, in I the just, rickshaw, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just thought Even that was a bit Even the bit daft. before that, when they're driving through India. And in it's the car. Like, yeah, in, in, the, yeah. in the rickshaw. And it's just like... You, the playing up the fact that people just can't drive in India and it's like that's not the way this it is, is this is Mumbai it's not like people can't it's drive not like a little, anywhere in India <laughs> it's not a little village this is one of the most populated cities in the world it's it's mm. it's, it's not like like they have real roads town. it's not just it's Mumbai. dirt, hey. dirt roads <laughs> yeah dirt with, tracks up mountains yeah dirt roads with rickshaws and no cars and people walking yeah. in the street but to be honest, <laughs> but to be honest once we actually got 
past all of that. I think once we met the Indian characters, I thought they were actually like they were okay, like they were fine. Well, they were like, they were can I just say there was only one female Indian character in this, and she's a light-skinned Indian character. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask about that. Do, do you know not? I was going to ask, is she a genuine Bollywood actress, or is she American that went over with them? I'm not sure. Let me Google her. Because I was kind of relieved when the director turned up at the start of the movie, and they didn't make him do the accent or anything. But then he, he faked did the accent as a funny kind of thing. Yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> every, yeah. Time he, every time he did it, it went through me. Every time he kept saying Bollywood in the accent, it just went through <laughs> me. And so I said awful, to Jake, I was like, it? oh my God, please, he has to stop. <laughs> but there were elements of this that I thought, like, I think in a way, this movie is, just while I was Googling, I thought the elements of this were actually quite streamlined because they got rid of the parents, Raven was gone and her mum doesn't give you like a cheesy one-note villain that we have to keep returning to. And I thought that that was quite nice in the end because the characters that we were introduced to, they were actually given, like I quite enjoyed the little subplot between the star and the choreographer as their romance kind of, and they had the silly little like, they couldn't contain themselves in front of each other and he kept yeah, snorting while he laughed. Yeah, they had zero chemistry. She, oh yeah, but like you know, it, I think that in terms of just having two characters on screen have a love plot, I thought that was okay. Yeah, I, I thought that I was fine. That. Yeah, yeah, I thought like, it was fine. As I well. thought it was I quite a nice little wrinkle. It was better than just having like Raven muscle in and just like push everybody about and go, the cheetah girls are my life, and none of you are giving a shit. And why do we have to go to India? And why are we doing this? And why are we doing that? And why and it, like why aren't we doing exactly what me and my mum say? My mum's our manager. Let's do all of this and just like. I was glad to finally have some time because I was kind of thinking, you know how we've been saying, we've kind of been bemoaning the fact that Kelsey is one of the more interesting characters in High School Musical Mm. because they don't do much with her and we kind of want her to be something more than just the person who plays piano for Troy and Gabriella while they make love eyes at each other. I felt like this movie kind of did that with the lead star of the movie and the choreographer of the movie where usually they'd just be the side characters who service the main characters and in the end that kind of happens but they do have scenes with themselves where it's just them two talking about their relationship with one another and I thought that it was nice that the film kind of afforded time to those people because I feel like it didn't exactly it wasn't offset against all of the crass stereotypes in the first sort of like 15 to 20 minutes, but and it didn't exactly make them more palatable, but I was worried that the whole movie was going to be like that. And even when we met the characters, that they were all going to have that accent, that Harry Kondabolu, who's an American comedian, brilliantly describes that kind of accent as a white guy doing an impression of a white guy doing an impression of his granddad. And uh, Harry Kondabolu's granddad. And where they do these awful, like, terrible Indian accents. And I was worried that the whole film was going to be like that but yeah. it seemed once it had it might not get everything right but I feel like it had it, its heart in the right place it got things wrong oh yeah but like other than the joke with the taxi I felt like and that there was at least a connection with the elephants because when the elephants were wandering about and wandering through the street um, Doe had a little bit of a spiritual connection with them. I that hate that part. Turned out to be kind oh, of. Like, Rob, I can't believe you're raising that as a good thing. That was one of the cringiest moments out. of the movie. I, I just thought it was. Can so I just bizar- get back for a second on this? This woman that oh, plays of course. Gita. Yeah, and then um, we'll get to there is only a paragraph story. on her Wikipedia page, um, and she has been in one Bollywood film, which was a remake of American Pie. <laughs> oh, a Bollywood version of American Pie. Oh yeah, Jesus. Bollywood do this a lot. There's like a Bollywood version of ET. 
Um, there's like <laughs> a Bollywood version of like Three Men and a Baby. Oh my god! Does I he, have, we have to watch um, the Bollywood version of ET. Does he? So does he? Oh, make I have love that to, on DVD. If you want, does it. he make love to the pie surrounded by a cast of thousands? Like <laughs> everyone's Maybe. dancing while he's fucking Maybe. the pie. Apparently, yeah. it flopped in the box office. So. Oh well, at least I thought like she's, she is actually a Bollywood actress technically, but she's only been in one, one film. I suppose with the elephants <laughs> on the street, my justification for it is like it's not just like they didn't just have it at the start of the movie, like oh god, they've got elephants in the street. It 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 had a greater significance in the end. No, I just it was so random and so unnecessary. It was strange. It's just like. like what? <laughs> I felt like maybe it was I was just wasn't paying enough attention to the film and I must admit at points I was not paying much attention to this film. <laughs> but like I was looking at the screen and then she looked weirdly an elephant and then went oh my, why do all the elephants keep staring at me? I was like, when when has it been established that elephants are staring at her? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like it's, elephants are obsessed with her, it's really weird. It's, like, they were just, <laughs> as if this should have been prefaced with like 25 shots of elephants just walking past looking <laughs> at We're just do, doing something with it so that at least there's something in the script of like okay we have an elephant because of this but it just didn't really come to anything and it means they were literally avoiding the elephant in the room <laughs> well, it's just, it's just, it's just a little thing that comes up every now and again like, I didn't have that much of an yeah, issue I mean, with it it, and then it, it just felt like out of place for me to be honest I feel like it was, I- it's just a bit weird if, an, if, like, a dog walked past me and looked at me, I wouldn't think, oh, my God, all of the dogs keep staring at me. Like, you wouldn't make a big deal out of it. But then, to be fair, I feel like maybe it's... Pet, one of my critis- main criticisms of this film in general, and maybe it's just because, like, the actors are not very good, is that the emotions are always said and rather than actually performed. Oh, yeah, but screen. kids are kind of... the Kids have to be told things, you know? Yeah, and they're like... always on the extreme end of things as well. Like, at the very beginning of the film... Um, she's just got off the phone and said, "Oh my god, we're going to star in a Hollywood fit movie." And literally, the next line is like, "This girl, uh, um, I can't remember who, who is it that says it. I think it's Dorinda. Dorinda says, "Oh my god, this is the most nervous I've ever been in my life." It's like, what? You've literally only just found out something that happened two yeah, seconds ago. She must have had ago. this primal moment of visceral, all-encompassing fear. Because how could you feel that in two seconds? And then they talk to the director and do the audition. And then um, Dorinda, or it might have been Chanel, says, this is the most excited I've ever been in my life. And it's like, well, you're not showing it. You're just saying it's the most excited you've ever been in your life. And also, you've literally just done the audition. Why are you that excited? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of where they go too far in certain places and they have to pull it back. The biggest example of that to me was that they, they, they don't half create a problem for themselves where... We haven't actually. There is an actual elephant in the room that we haven't discussed yet, which is Raven's absence. And at the beginning, <laughs> they have this. They open with this song about how oh, we're all best friends. We'll never be apart. We're together forever. We are the Cheetah Girls. Yay! The video. And the then video. immediately after that, I have to explain why Raven's not here. It's like, well, why do that? Why have this whole thing of I, we're best friends? Honest, we'll never well, be apart. We, we Raven, think Raven was actually meant to be in the film. Um, ah, and I see. then left because of the the cliquey nature of the other guys, and she felt excluded. And oh my god, really? She felt ostracized. Yeah, yeah. Ostracized. That's what's on the yeah. Wikipedia page. Yeah, she, she felt ostracized. Well, the thing is, <laughs> I, I was we were sort of watching that, and I remember turning to you and going, "Are they having like pot shots at Raven in the lyrics <laughs> yeah. here? Like, is this like some kind of?" snappy like ooh well, what I we're friends is, and like, fuck you and the script was probably already written and then Raven dropped out so all the songs had probably stayed the same and so like, the, yeah. way, the way it the word in a little bit. it's yeah, just I know, so bizarre I guess they could have dealt with where Raven's gone before they 
gone straight into the song, but then the movie yeah. won't start with a song. So. Well, no, I, I just think it under <laughs> the whole theme of all three of these films, and particularly this one, is we will, you know, we are the closest of friends. We will never be apart. Friendship is more important than anything. One of them's and gone. You have to, well, one out of four of you is gone, and you're not even talking about it. It's just like it's like she was never here. So I yeah. don't believe you because you've easily got over the loss of your lead singer. Yeah, so they could have easily like kept her in throughout. Like, oh, I'm just gonna text like. Raven and let her know how great everything is here and like you know we should catch up with her when we get back and things like that they could have just added little bits in to make it yeah, feel like she's still part of the only mention she gets group. at the start of the movie is that she's gone to Cambridge yeah she's got into Cambridge it. and that's she's really in some it's school. almost like yeah. as if the other actresses didn't want to speak her name on set yeah. <laughs> they also um, <laughs> quickly ended the Spanish boyfriend thing didn't they with uh, Dorinda I actually kind of like the little heartfelt moment with Dorinda where towards she the end about. Yeah, no, well, yeah. The, the one at the beginning where she's like, oh, um, I, um, I guess none of us have a Spanish boyfriend. None of us now. have a Spanish boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then everyone's like, what? What do you mean? And then they all gather around and they're all a little bit sad that she's broke up. Yeah, it, you know what? It's actually nice in a Cheetah Girls film to have, a, like, characters just, like Rob said it before, where the two side characters just talk about the relationship. If you'd asked me after the first film, um, you know, do any characters have a relationship in this film? Or no, they just sort of do things to each other. But here, it's mm-hmm. nice where the characters actually stop and talk about things that happen in their lives with each well, other. How low are we setting yeah. the bar now, though? If that's like, yeah, that's <laughs> having conversations, yeah, <laughs> they're having conversations about things that aren't happening right at that very. I think moment. we have to we have to keep perspective of you know the bar of what makes a good film and not just makes a film that exists. You know, it, I just yeah, I think maybe I'm being too harsh, but I equally don't want to give this too easy a ride just because the other well not not so much the second one but the first one was awful it's like well that the third one can still be awful as well even if it's a tiny tiny bit more functional but well to lump in on the criticisms i didn't like the music that much this time no this you know, is probably just, no the worst soundtrack it, or it's on par yeah with the first it film, just I kind think. of i mean i know we we're saying there wasn't enough bangra and i felt like we've gone from like D- destiny's child like tlc kind of stuff to just sort of like the same electro pop that was all over the radio in like 2008 well, I, was saying, I was saying this because I think the problem is that they've that updated genre, that, that naughty's R&B genre died very quickly yeah. and that was great in 2003 or 4 whatever but by 2008 that was like deader than disco it was like that was not popular like mm. maybe the direction they could have gone is like Pussycat Dolls because that was popular. Maybe if it was, I feel like that's that where they kind of, kind of wanted to go. But mm. like, the, I mean, I suppose that they they got away with it in the first two films and especially the second film because a lot a lot of that R and B sound around the turn of the millennium lends itself quite nicely to Latin acoustics. Like you'll always it get like, actually, at, at the yeah. start of No Scrubs, you get the Latin guitar mm. tones and stuff like that, and you, you'll get you get it all throughout yeah. that genre. And it lends itself really nicely to it. Whereas with this, they've had to go to India and they've had to kind of do... But the way that people in America and the way that people in India have always written music, and you'll know more about this than me, has always been different. Like, it's just... We we follow different theory. And so it doesn't lend itself quite so easily. And it really showed in the big number towards the middle... And I can't even remember how it goes, but the verses were very traditional, kind of like American R and B. And then they would do a little, just like a little scale in the chorus that was like reminiscent of Bangra or something like that. And which song are you on about? I they all dress up in the outfits and the one at the end. It could be the one at the end. One world. Oh, I don't know. It could Plus be the end one with the big wedding number. And... It could be. Yeah. I remember um, Aka's wearing a blue dress. Oh, blue. 
Aqua was in pink. Was she in pink? No, Aqua was in blue. You're right. The, the sorry, they was yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, 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 see, this last, is the thing. The I can't. Number. Usually, right I'm really good. I'm usually I'm really good with <laughs> remembering things and for music. That was right at the like, end. I'm usually I, I usually focus on the music so much that I know when things come in. But like, it was very in and out of one yeah. in one ear and out the other. And, I feel like they yeah. tried to play it up with the outfits and all the colours so people wouldn't notice the lack of Indian in the music. Well, this is honest. I think this is where the, <laughs> the problem comes in because obviously they, 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 this movie is not just about selling the movie, it's about selling the soundtrack as well. And they've clearly, like, this has kind of been done by committee. And when anything's done by committee, you're always your vision's always compromised. And so it's easy to do stuff by committee in the first two films because in the first one, you just have to do straight-up contemporary R&B that everybody else is doing. It sounds like Destiny's Child and TLC. You can sell it. And then in the second movie, you have to get a bit more of Spanish and Latin inflection. As I've said, it lends itself nicely to that kind mm. of genre, so that's easy enough. Whereas in the third one, they've had to step out of their comfort zone a little yeah, bit. They can't no step out to too really far. Naturally add it in. Yeah. Because they can't add it in naturally, and it means that you can feel and hear the compromise. And so that all of the. There are no hooks. There are no clear melodies. It's all kind of like really obvious. You know exactly which note every line's going to end on based mm. on where it starts. Is that um, ending yeah. song as well? The last song, which One sounds world. a lot like um, "All in This Together." It's it, like it sounds exactly yeah, like yeah, and it all together. feels really safe and by committee. And oh, let's not go too far outside the line, guys. We still have to sell this to an American audience and. It, the film does kind of feel that way a little bit and it's one thing that kind of bugs me where if you're going to go to this kind of location and my god like I mean I know that we're talking about um, sort of trying to you know we're trying to talk around it kind of sensitively and stuff but going to a place like Mumbai from anywhere in the west is going to be a massive cultural shock mm. and because it, it just is it's just not it's not what we're raised in it's not how we've experienced it we only ever really get it in western films and so you're not ever really going to have a good handle on what it could be but you never really get any of that kind of sense you get a chaotic scene in the back of a cab and like you get elephants wandering about every now and again and i thought that led to something in the end and i thought it was okay but like it didn't feel like a living breathing place or environment which feels well, disappointing because they spent all that money to go there and they went to great efforts <laughs> to go and do that and make it feel real and in the end you just sort of like got a few exterior shots and yeah not much else well okay so this is probably a good jumping off point then for, for like i mean my perspective is very simple really is that i think you are right about the theory side of things that i think you fundamentally cannot make western music sound like bollywood music i just think the two don't go mm. no like from your perspective then as a big fan of bollywood and also you know, you said this was important to you when you saw it as a child as well and you felt represented. Now, coming back to it as an adult, like, does it come off? Like, how well do you think it actually works? It's difficult, isn't it? Like, I feel like... Obviously, the representation's great and, like, that was a massive step for Disney and it, it's great that, that it happened, but... And at the time, obviously, as a kid, you don't really think about things like cultural appropriation and, like, you know, white people trying to be brown and things like that. Mm. <laughs> but... I don't know, looking at it now, and obviously I haven't seen this for years, like, I think it's fine, but I, I just don't think it comes off amazingly. Like, there are little little stereotypes in it that are mildly offensive. Like, I'm not one to take offence to these things, to be honest. But, like, I don't know, things like elephants just wandering around is just yeah, a bit, I think it's a just bit, a bit dumb. The fact that Kevin347 is a tech support yes. guy yeah. really pissed me off. 
really good catch. I just that was the thing that. I noticed like, when I first watched the film as a kid and it's like, oh, of course he's brown and of course he lives in India and oh, he's got an American accent because he just, and he just happens a lot of to American be on TV. the same street that <laughs> she is on. I, know. I feel like I can get past the whole yeah, him being on the same like street that. thing. I liked the fate angle of but that. Like, but the fact that they deal with him having an American accent as just being, oh yeah, I watch, I watch a lot of American TV. And it's just like, like what? You grew up in India. Don't be a knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was confused. Traitor. I was confused over which one was the actor's real accent because he was talking in that American accent and then when he transitioned into... The Indian accent, I thought that sounded really fake and stagey. Yeah, I think he is actually an American act, an American actor. Like, he was born in America. Because um, he, he appears in an episode of, like, really early Hannah Montana, and he's just completely oh. American. Um, he's just, like, a side character. Um, so, yeah, I think the Indian accent he puts on is kind of fake. And, like, w- what's the thing about the tech support guy being a, Maharaj, a Maharaja? Like... That I'm sorry, but like, why would you wear the like, tech support? They make it out like Maharaja is, is like, oh, you're a Maharaja, that's interesting. It's like, in this country, if someone was like, well, I'm like, I'm a duke, or like, I'm fifth in line to the throne, you'd be like, what? No, you're <laughs> not. Like, that's ridiculous. Nobody's like, they treat Maharaja as just like, it's oh, just I've got rich word, family. It's just a throwaway. Like, that's a normal thing. Oh, I'm a Maharaja. It's like, yeah. what? You'd be world famous. Like, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Um, oh, at least but yeah, no, that, I think yeah. that that's the biggest stereotype that kind of grinds my gears. Um, what else is there? I'm trying to think of all the stereotypes now. <laughs> well, while we're on this topic of the tech support thing, another thing about this film and its clear lack of attention to detail is how um, Aqua just sort of relays a bunch of stuff that she did with the computer. Oh yeah, I had to oh, defrag so the hard disk <laughs> and then change some registry files and then do and this. Wow, it's like, I'm impressed. It's, <laughs> it's like, you're just saying computer things that don't mean anything. Like, no one's defragged a hard disk since Windows 95. That's not a thing that happens. I, I just very much feel the same way that Rob did in that. If, you're, if a film is going to go somewhere, you have to think about what you're going to do. You have to think about, hmm. you know, you've got to do a sort of benefits risks kind of way up of this thing really it's like if you're going somewhere that is culturally chalk and cheese with America then you've got to think about how you're going to make it work it's like you get you get a lot of this now because um, the Chinese box office market is so important to a lot of Hollywood films that a lot of Hollywood films now have a very awkwardly thrown in sequence set in either China or Hong Kong or somewhere else in East Asia that just doesn't go it just doesn't feel right at all as much as I'm a big fan of the Marvel movies, a lot of the Marvel movies have these scenes where they go to China for five minutes and it's pure cringe. And I know the Fast and Furious films are famous for that as well, and Transformers. And I just think sometimes you have to accept that cultural differences are just that. They are differences. So you can't put it in your Western film. You have to take some time and do it properly, or don't go. It's like, I think with Spain, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations, but I feel like Spain is far more of a easy cookie to crack where it's like yeah. it's there, a lot are a lot of, there, there are a lot of similarities it's still mm. it's very much a westernized country latin american type music is very popular in america anyway like you say it lends itself to r&b it's an easy transition india not so much no and i just think it, it's a bit not more than the consumer and, and yeah. i think yeah. e- even the most sort of even the films that do it most painstakingly like Slumdog Millionaire is a pro- is supposedly you know a love letter to injure and even that got accused of stereotypes and of being a bit basic and stuff for a decom to do it I think is just ambition beyond reason 
mm. to be honest. I think it's asking for trouble. Well, I don't think they're pretending to do more than go to India. But why go if you're not going to do anything with and it? I agree. I, I think I, I completely agree. Is that the, It's almost like they want the recognition of going to absorb, absorb another culture and be part of it and like bring it into the mainstream of this film, but putting none of the effort of actually... Yeah, you know, well, I think, I think this, this just it falls flat right from the start. To be honest, this film just based on the concept itself, and I feel like that that doesn't help it at all. Like the fact that mm. bringing bringing Western people to do a Bollywood film and then trying to go from there when like that, that already feels like it would be impossible anyway. I think I think they step <laughs> off on the wrong foot when the initial premise of the film is you think they're doing Hollywood because she misheard Hollywood and Bollywood. Yeah, and it almost feels like oh, what a letdown! You're stuck with Bollywood now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact that Bollywood makes like enormous amount, it's probably the biggest film market in the whole world. And there's certainly for for, you know starting out actresses, there would certainly be more money in Bollywood than there would be in Mm. in Hollywood. Although Although I think I think the danger of that that scene is that their initial disappointment is shown to be wrong. Yeah, but But I don't think it comes off that well either. To be honest, the, the 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 whiplash in that movie where like Aqua is initially like this is ridiculous, why are we doing this? We're trying to be the biggest band in America, not the biggest band in India or whatever. And then, like, they turn around and, like, the top of their voices are like, we're going to India! Which is, like, your trailer shot. Yeah. And, like... (laughs) Well, exactly. They have that that little conversation that lasts about a minute where it's like, well, I can't go to India because I'm doing this this summer. And then after two two seconds later, he's like, well, this thing I was doing summer can always wait till next year. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, problem solved. And I think you've got to remember as well, they are still kids. In, in school and like surely they yeah. have to ask their parents and stuff well we would know because the parents aren't in this film I'm glad no. the parents aren't in this film but it just does seem a little bit weird that they're absent when they're going to India yeah. I actually as well maybe, maybe this is going too far maybe I'm going a bit too controversial but I, I think as well there's a little bit of a broken message at the end with this the One World song where it kind of seems to suggest oh we're here in India, but everybody's still got the same kind of, you know, we're, we're all human beings. We're all human beings, we've all got the same issues, which of course, I get, is true, but th- think about the people they encountered. They encountered this um, incredibly famous actor who's like, well, no, you can't really put yourself in his shoes, to be honest. He's like incredibly famous in an entirely different culture. So it feels a bit hollow to be like, oh yeah, we're all the same, really. And I get that, you know, it's a nice message of like, oh, everybody's, you know, kind of got these things. But like Rob says, for one, that's come out of nowhere. That's not been built up at yeah, all. exactly. And two, it's like, if you're going to make that point, maybe don't make that point about a society that's got like completely different kind of ways of life to America. <laughs> just feels a bit weird, really. Well, I think that's sort of the point, is that the ways of life are different, but we're all still one people. But as Rob said, like... If, if they even tackled that even slightly, like, I don't know, maybe they could have had a cultural differences with other of the characters, but then realised everything's okay because they all have feelings or whatever. I don't know. But there isn't any of that in the film. It's just sort of like, it's almost as if they made the film backwards. He said, well, at the very end, we're going to do this big song about, despite the fact they come from different cultures, they all have the same heart and same emotions. We'll work backwards from there. How do we get to that point? Let's figure that out, guys. Yeah, yeah what's maybe. And it's a shame because I feel like there are bits in that where you feel like the movie's heading that way. and Because I think like the Swami character, I think they kind of get away with it and he ends up sort of being my favourite because he introduces an element of sort of a spirituality and connection with nature and like trying to understand that even though you're in a new place you don't have to reject it straight away because they're all a bit sniffy about tying a wish to a tree 
but then it turns out to be really important to all of them, even though they've been kind of dismissive about it at the beginning. So there's a little bit of growth there. And he, I think he was a generally nice presence. Anyway. Yeah, I he quite was a nice him. man. He yeah. was a nice man. And I think he's the only person in the Costas whole trilogy who's genuinely nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that might be true. Yeah, Although, I genuinely. The, the, the Spanish have boyfriend struggled. was quite nice. And yeah, he was certainly. Yeah. Well, he was easy on the eye, and I kind of missed him. He's very beautiful. Yeah, the rhythm was quite nice. Yes, yeah. Dorinda um, seems to have changed a bit. Dorinda was quite nice in the first two, yeah, but she's, she's a bit snooty in this one. Well, not snooty, but just a bit like, like you say, dismissive. Oh yeah, the characters are not consistent over she's the. She's been films too busy le- leading that cheeky girl's life. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe it just took Raven to leave for them all to like sort of follow in her footsteps. Yeah, and become, just become the like, diva monsters. of the film. Yeah, but like, I think we've all yeah. forgotten, By the way, that the character's name is not Raven. Not just you, Rob. We've all been saying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Gal- one of the problems. But yes. Um, but yeah, no, I think, um, and I thought he had a few sort of like the Swami had a few sort of like calming and handy proverbs, and well, yeah, that was the point. They were him, nice just to guide them, and I guess yeah, give them more clarity. And he was a nice sort of, you know, he, he was a nice bloke, and he didn't seem to move. He, but you know, and he wasn't exactly a. De- he, he was lived very in the same one note. Yes, I mean, he was very one note, and he didn't go anywhere. But I think for the time the that he was around, he was fine. Yeah. Um, he was okay. I thought that. It was that really that kind of helped with the little subplot between the lead star and the choreographer um, in the movie where they actually sort of like, it it was, they had lives beyond their jobs, which I thought was quite nice, Mm. which I thought was was quite sweet. And like it did, it sort of indicated to what I think are not real strengths, but they're just kind of light strengths of this movie compared to the other two, I think, which is just that when you get rid of all the politics that were brought by Galleria and her mum and the weird subplot involving the marriage proposal, like uh, which, which felt like an underdeveloped version of the side plot in this movie with the lead star and the choreographer. Mm. Like it felt like an underdeveloped version of what we've seen here. Like I think if you get rid of all that stuff and all of the if you just sort of have it from the beginning that the cheetah girls are kind of set and they're fine and they're not all falling out internally and falling out with each other you can just kind of i didn't mind that there wasn't much going on in this movie i kind of like hangout movies in a way um sometimes that i kind of prefer it when movies don't really go anywhere and it just means that we can have little scenes between characters where i mean it's not the best comparison but i saw a movie recently called rocks um that sounds thrilling (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, um, it's basically about it. Well, at the beginning, it's about five, um, five or six girls from. Um, I suppose you would refer to them as like high-rise flats in London, and they've all got difficult family problems. But they all kind of find peace with each other at school, and like they all like doing each other's makeup, and they have great time in class and stuff like that. But then after about half an hour and forty-five minutes, the film kind of abandons that, and it turns into this whole plot where like it just. It's not like endless misery and poverty porn. I think it stays away from that, but it just gets a bit... It revels in the darkness a little bit too much when there's so much... There's just as much heart and humanity in the scenes at the beginning where it's just kids hanging out. And so I appreciated this movie in that way where there were lots of scenes where it felt like the Cheetah Girls were just... Before, like I say, before all the drama happens and like I've never been convinced by any of the drama in these movies, which is why High School Musical 2, I enjoyed it as much as I did because... The drama's there, but it's attached to one or two characters, whereas, like, 80% of the lead characters are just having fun in the sun Mm. and, like, playing baseball and having first relationships and singing and 
doing silly things at a summer club. And this kind of had a similar vibe where it was like a bunch of people on holiday, they're starring in a movie, they're meeting some new people, they're having strange connections with animals in the street, they're meeting strange men under trees, like, you know, well, not strange men, <laughs> nice men under trees. And so and those elements of the movie were, it felt a little bit refreshing to me. It felt like a nice reboot of the franchise where you could have another little look at some characters who maybe have lost some screen time because of a strong presence in the first two movies, an overwhelming presence in the first two movies that I didn't like very much. And it was kind of nice to give them a bit of space to breathe. And yeah, they don't do much with them. Like, they don't really turn them into, like, super deep, interesting people. They basically just have one... They're basically, like, action figures, but with one motive, where it's, like, they're in a pop group and they want to get famous. Mm. And they don't really have individual personalities beyond that. They're all basically the same. But it was kind of nice to watch them bounce off each other for once without somebody else kind of yapping away in the corner, <laughs> telling them that it should be more focused. I think it's that. Like, you know, there was a nice movie, I think, buried in Cheetah Girls 2 with all of the side plots with the other characters and we got to know them a little bit more. Like, she had Joaquin as the boyfriend and Angel, the, the Spanish mm. guitar guy. And then all the while, the film was kind of going like no, we're not interested in your side yeah, plots because it's not linked upset. to the Cheetah Girls. It's not linked to the Cheetah Girls. We need to do something that Galleria wants to do. But now Galleria's not there. We've kind of had a version of that nice movie that was buried in Cheetah mm. Girls 2 where we've had the three characters who have had a bit more screen focus. And yeah, there's not much there. I think Andy was right in saying that there's not a lot of substance to this movie. But it's not very long. It's 80 minutes. Like, yeah. it's not, it's really, really short, and it's, th- there were a couple of moments in it where I sort of chuckled to myself a, a bit, and, like, I think that, you know, they get the, they get the culture class stuff a bit wrong, but I think their heart's in the right place. Yeah, not it's not to, awful, like, you, they're can, not, you can forgive I think I've, it. you know, as a, as a, as an experienced uh, Indian person who lives over in India and has spent his whole life there, um, it's def- <laughs> I've definitely seen more offensive stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, so, and that's not to give this film a pass because it's just less offensive. It still does things wrong, but it didn't make me feel ill. It, I was worried it was going to in like the first ten or fifteen minutes when you, like you say, they're riding these little cabs up the top of these great big mountains, and like everything in India is like sand coloured, and and everything and everybody's this way and that way or whatever. But it felt kind of a bit haphazard and a bit ham-fisted but I think it tried to be respectful Mm. at the very least which doesn't mean I give it a pass but it means that as an experience of watching it it wasn't like intolerable and it didn't spoil the movie yeah it was just occasionally you would go I could have done that a little bit better I know you're trying I thought that there were moments like that where they were in the cab where clearly the joke is that people can't drive in India and then when they turn up to the movie theatre and they're in that little mini cab thing and it's like clearly the joke is that they have these vehicles in India that oh aren't they odd and every now and again with maybe the elephant wandering down the street it's like oh they have animals in the street in India how uncivilized and stuff like that but I feel like it moved away from that when it was more focused on the main three I I feel like it moved away from that I didn't like the last 15 minutes much when it turned into like a three way war between them because these films never deal with conflict very well they're always they're always scared of it I feel like with with that they're just they didn't give it enough time it's because like it was like all this conflict was there they do this one song then they're pissed at each other after Chanel gets given the part and then five minutes later they're all friends again and Chanel's turned down the part 
And it's like all of that happens in the space of yeah, like 10, 15 whenever, minutes. Whenever these films do something like this, it always feels like Saturday morning kids TV moralizing where they have to create a problem mm. just so that they can show the solution to the problem, turn to the kids at home and go this is the message and with this movie it's like they kind of create this conflict at the end out of basically nowhere so that at the end of the movie they can all turn to each other and go we're all need to be nice to each other and just stay friends and friendship's more important than greed or whatever and it's just like it's like fables in a way mm. it's just like these moralistic like really kind of patronizing pat on the head kind of stuff which bothers me a little bit because kids are more intelligent than that and it's a really easy example, but you only have to watch Studio Ghibli or Pixar movies, or the good, well, the great Pixar movies anyway, to know that these messages can be put across without being really patronising and condescending, and that kids understand these things, and that they understand big concepts like greed, and they understand concepts like war, and these films don't really give those kids a chance. Like, generally, my movie with these full stop, my problem with these movies full stop is that they don't really trust the kids' intelligence sometimes, and that bothers me a little bit, but I think that I can forgive it a little bit because in the end it's an okay-ish message to go home with and the time I spent, I mean it was only 80 minutes, but the time I did spend with it wasn't awful. And I was I, I was kind of like Jake, I was a little bored at points and I thought this is this really needs to get to the end, it needs to kick on, but they'd usually be, be like a forgettable song for two or three minutes and yeah. then you go, oh there's two or three minutes and that's gone. But it's like, it's an 80 minute film with what, 30 minutes of music? So you basically have a 45 episode minute TV show there. A 45 minute episode of television. Which basically this is what it feels like, where it feels like Andy said at the beginning, this has gone back to feeling like a TV thing again. Mm. And everything's just kind of competent and it's been done because whatever. I don't feel like any, there's no great lengths that have been gone to here, but I don't think that's spoiled it that much. I'm kind of on the fence leaning towards liking it now we've talked about it. I like it a bit less now we've actually discussed it, but <laughs> I'm still fine with it. Okay. Wow. That was a lot of points for me to unfortunately disagree with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to start? Right back at the very start where we talk about hangout movies, which unfortunately is just everything I dislike about movies where, where there's mm. not much story happening and it's just characters hanging out. High School Musical 2, I will merit, is an exception, but that's largely because... It's so camp. It has, it has, it's very camp <laughs> and it has a lot of music and it's very fast And it doesn't paced. take really itself camp. seriously. So and that, it's really that camp. But, like, for example, funnily enough, I messaged you, Rob, about a film like this the other day. Um, I was watching El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. Yeah. I say watching, not watched, because after 25 minutes, I thought, no, this film doesn't deserve my time. Because um, it's just a shame, because I, I watched the whole of Breaking Bad again recently, and it's an amazing TV show. And then the, the drop in quality to the movie, I just thought was unbelievable. Um, I, I hate movies where not much is happening. And in this film, nothing is happening. And I thought it was an exceptionally long 80 minutes, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I really Interesting. I found it went too fast. very hard to keep my attention focused. Um, it, no, not my thing at all. And I, I, I just, again, like I was like saying earlier, I think we've set quite a low bar here. Where because the first one was like, really got so much wrong... Um, and the second one, you know, was a mild improvement, but I feel like we're giving it a pass for quite a lot of things here where, you know, I think a film has to be more than, you know, 
just about watchable, I think. It doesn't you know? have to be about more than anything. It really. should aim to be actively good, and I actually don't think this film is trying to be but good. Then, I think it's like, just trying to be passable. I don't. Well, yeah, I agree. I think this film is just trying to be passable, because at the end of the day, this like many of the other decom films, it's just a film that's churned out so kids can digest it, enjoy it, and get more tied into Disney franchises. And I feel yeah. like, you know, I, th- I feel like I'm being a bit of a dick for ragging on it because of what you said at the beginning of where, you know, you said, oh, it was, you know, it, it meant a lot to you in terms of representation and stuff. And so I feel really bad ragging oh, on it. Oh, no, but don't I think, be silly. Like, it's... I it's- think- it well, you said as soon as the movie finished, you said you didn't like yeah, it that much. Yeah, I, I liked it more as a kid than I do now. And I think that's because, like, at the time it was such a big deal, like, being represented that, like... And, like, you don't consider things like culture, cultural appropriation and stuff as a kid and, like, stereotypes and stuff as a kid because no. you just see a movie and enjoy it and you see people that look like you and you think, yeah, that's great. And you, you just... You don't think anywhere beyond that. Whereas now, like, obviously I know more and, like... Yeah. I know I know about stereotypes and I know about things that aren't quite right and so it, it's tainted the film for me anyway so you can hate it if you want <laughs> I just wanted you to know it's not about that that's not the problem I think there's so many I just everything just feels a bit half-assed that they've they've lost the main character who was essentially you know the main character where like mm. there was no film without her in the last two and they've they've gone ahead without her anyway which I think fundamentally breaks the film. I think all three characters are pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. And I, I strongly disagree that yeah, they, they have are. character development. They are the same character. Oh, no, they, they don't develop, really. They have a couple of changes, but as like I said before, they are all basically the same. Well, they're, they're just yeah. they're the same at the start now. of the film. Like I, said, they're just, they, the yeah, like I said, they're just action figures with a single motive. They're in, they're in relationships, like, that's it. Yeah. Which, to be honest, I didn't... Dorinda hates uh, love until the very end. Yeah. Chanel says she's not going to get with a boy and then gets with the director. And Aqua's chasing this tech support guy that happens to be in India. <laughs> Every, everything yeah. is just so half-baked and there's just no real effort put into this. And I just thought, this is like... It's just not good enough. It's just it's not enough. It's a letdown, isn't it? Like It's like, you think big things when you think the cheetah girls are going to India, that'll be amazing. Like Imagine all the stuff they'll get up well, to. Well, I didn't think that, but you know... Well, well, at the time, as a kid... <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I, just, I just thought that you've not done anything with these characters. One of them's yeah. not even here, and, you, and you're going ahead anyway. The the music's naff and like completely generic, and the lyrics are laughable. <laughs> it, the location work is so basic that we didn't even know that it was in Mumbai, mm. which maybe that's on us a little bit, but I just thought that speaks volumes, really. There's not really any kind of progression from the start of the film to the end. It's just kind of, they go to India, and that's the story, and that's sort of it. And I just think... I, before we started this, I was a little bit concerned that I might not have anything to say at all. <laughs> because th- <laughs> thankfully we have, but I was like, wow, this is like so devoid of anything that I'm not sure if I have any opinion on this. But I do, and it's mild anger, to be honest. Well, I mean, <laughs> like... I don't, I don't think anger should really be placed in this, because at the end of the day, it's like, it's a decom film. Like, I know we've had this discussion many times. It's like, how you know how scrutinously do we look at these films because of the purpose of what they are compared to something like I don't know um, the Lighthouse or whatever you know it's it's, <laughs> oh, it's uh, or, or what Rob was saying before about how the film like is it doesn't take its audience very seriously or it treats kids like they're less intelligent than they actually are because there are obviously there are films that Disney makes or Pixar makes or um, Studio Ghibli makes like Rob mentioned before that. Um, uh, kids films quite inherently but they treat their audience with a bit more respect and they're also works of art at the same time 
And I don't think I think we're kidding ourselves here for expecting any decon film to be a work of art. But I think this is still a disappointing film because I was expecting when we started the decom series to be like, okay, the first few were going to be a bit a bit righty offy. Like we'll watch them have a laugh about how bad they are, how bad they're acted. But when it gets to high school musicals, they'll start to get good and they'll realise that they can make good films and they'll start doing that and the rest of the decoms will follow. That's not happened. Like we had High School Musical 2, which was genuinely a good film and also a kids' film. Didn't take itself seriously, it was a laugh. It wasn't a it wasn't a work, a work of art. It's not like it's not Ratatouille or Toy Story, is it? At the end of the day, it's still High School Musical, <laughs> but it was fun and I enjoyed watching it. And I thought, okay, this is this is what the decoms are like now. Disney had finally, or the Disney Channel have finally realised that they can churn out these films on the cheap, not do them um, do them so that people get more tied into the Disney brand and have the capitalistic thing that they want to do and just get out as many films as possible at the same time is also making a good film that's fun to watch and to be fair we also had Camp Rock which was okay that yeah. was alright yeah, well. yeah 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 um, and I expected the quality to follow all the way through and that to happen all the way through with the rest of the decoms that come after High School Musical 2 it doesn't it's just it's just a bland film with not much going on <laughs> yeah I think I think the decom brand has moved on and Cheetah Girls has not moved with it and this now feels like a real backward step from it's where just we've kind been of, it's, it's less makes me angry and just kind of sad because you realise that at the end of the day the people making these films don't care about the films that's it I, I, could just, just I, I just felt it was breathing out of every frame that no one gives a crap about this they just want to get it done they've been given yeah. a brief that they need to do a third Cheetah Girls film they're trying to shake it up by putting it in yet another country um, in the second one they seem to have a bit of fun with it and it looked like the people making the film were sort of enjoying themselves in this one it just it just it sounds cynical but I don't think anyone enjoyed making this film except maybe hmm. the actors yeah I think the kids would have done but no are we being too harsh no, I think you're fine, to be honest. Um, Andy, I was going to ask, <laughs> uh, have you got a Rebel Hums for this? My Rebel Hums for this is, so in this film, they go to a, another country for the summer, learn a lot about the, I say learn a lot about the culture, they learn something about they the learn culture. They learn nothing about the culture. Spend some time there, they, you know, kind of spend their summer in another country. So, if you could go and live for a month or two in another country, where would it be and why? Ooh. I'll start, because I... Enjoyed the concept of being in India in this film so much that I actually spent most of the film Googling how to do a holiday in India rather than actually watching the film. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. So, so India for you then. Yeah, I would love to, you know. Why does it just look... Well, just, just because like... it's so culturally different as a place, isn't it? And I, th- I think, to be fair, like there's always this like sort of dichotomy between the Western and Eastern world, but it really is like... In, in, in general, the Eastern world is just a lot different in every respect. And not just different from the Western world, but all different from each other as well. Oh, yeah. Like, without wanting to sound offensive to white people, the Western world is quite homogenous, isn't it? Like, yeah, very, because America have, dominates everything. Exactly. I, you've got yeah. lots of diversity, I suppose, in Europe, where countries are all very different from each other and all have their own cultures and stuff. But, like, American culture dominates in the Western world. Like, everything is America, and it just is. Whereas, you don't have any like prevailing cultural identity in the eastern world I say eastern I'm sounding like I'm... no but you're right no you're right because even within Europe like from one side of Europe to another 
it's like, well, you, you know, cultural norms are sort of based you know, on like if you, But if China, anyone, China and India, which are on the same continent. If you're in the Western yeah. world, as long as you can speak English, you're fine. Exactly, whereas China and <laughs> yeah. India might as well be on different sides of the world, but they're in the same continent. They're not that far from each other, really. Exactly. It's, it's a fascinating... It's, I think the most fascinating of, continent on Earth, I think, Asia. And out of all of, like, the cultures in the Eastern world, not that I know that much about many of them, um, Indian culture in general has just seems to have the most history, the most... Weird mix of like Western identity, thanks to um, the empire. The empire, yeah. Yeah. There's like there's there's a very eclectic mix of like Eastern and Western values that goes on in India that I just find absolutely fascinating. And the politics there is fascinating as well mm. um, for India in general because it's such a massive country. It's the biggest democracy in the world. Right? Is it, is it a genuine democracy? democracy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They take it really seriously. They get like voting uh, um, polling stations out to like um, islands in the middle of nowhere that take hours and hours to get to, where like two people vote, and wow. they make a big deal out of it because they, they're really proud of getting people to vote in India. That's fantastic. Like a, it's, That's great. It's a massive thing. I mean, the politics there isn't so great at the minute because they're ruled by a little bit of a demagogue, to be honest. But um, I won't go too much into that. Um, he's, he's just a bit right wing crazy guy. Um, but the country, well, I expect an angry letter from the <laughs> government of India. Yeah, but chums after the, this. the country voted. It, the country voted him in, in a fair election, and most of India actually do genuinely like him. But they have a first past the post system over there. Don't well, if so. he's listening, which I'm sure he is, it's just genuine criticism, <laughs> and don't take it personally. Mm. So yeah, I just I think there's a, a lot about India that I don't know that I would love to discover by being there for a month. Andy, and what about you? The, they're quite friendly to um, gay foreigners as long as you're a foreigner. Well, there we gay. go. That, that's it. <laughs> Okay. Um, it is legal, and it is legal to be gay in India now, but only since 2018, whereas before it was very much punishable by death. Oh, oh, that's that's not good. Well, oh, not not by death, but just being in jail for a while. Oh, that's well, you not might bad die. As death, but still bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I've done a really stupid thing and asked the question without thinking what my own answer is. Um, <laughs> to be honest, it would probably be because Jake's been there and he said how amazing it was and did go there for nearly a month. New Zealand sounds amazing. Ooh. I would absolutely love to go because of all the. I, I'm a big like walker and love nature and love like scenery and stuff. It's like Wales, I love on to see that. But also all the Lord of the Rings locations and going to Hobbiton, so that would be amazing as well. Also love their politics. Like I think Jacinda Ardern is probably my favourite world leader. Um, and there's so, so few people in New Zealand that the chances of bumping into a while there are quite strong. But my other answer, <laughs> not to have two answers, but the other one that I would consider would be Japan, just because similar reasons in that it's very, it's not that culturally different because it's become very kind of not westernized exactly, We've but we have a lot of, of kind of shared things now, shared cultural things that you know we're aware of certain Japanese things and they're aware of certain Western things. But in terms of like the way the society works, the way people live, kind of. Um, the way people behave and kind of cultural norms of Japan from people I know who've been there have said it really is very very different there's so much etiquette and so much like it's a different way of seeing the world living in Japan so I'd, I'd very much consider Japan as well yeah North what about you? I'm struggling I feel like Japan would be one for similar reasons to you Andy but also like China or like Thailand I feel like countries around there are just you know very interesting there's loads of history again involved in them um I don't know I just like learning about history of things I, mm. I, I'm such a nerd <laughs> just very boring um but no I think China's got a really interesting kind of historical background and I'd like mm. to learn more about kind of ancient like Chinese temples and things like that um and just general like ancient Chinese history um and also like Chinese have like, China has amazing food so yeah 
And China has a great place to go for civilizations in the world, so there's a lot of history there as well. Mm. I, there's, I, I remember seeing, I think it was on QI to be honest, which is hardly the most advanced level of knowledge in the world, but <laughs> because China was very kind of isolationist until relatively recent in human history, I think they were one of the last countries to have the wheel. Like they got really, really? far advanced in some things, but they were really far behind in others because they were quite separate to everywhere else. Mm. You're quite right. As far as I know about China, it seems like that's a really, really interesting history. Yeah. Mm. I, if we're living in a world where we can just go and do this, I'm going to bend the rules slightly and not have celiac disease in this world. <laughs> so I'm going, to go, I'm going to go to Italy and eat a fuck ton of bread and pasta. Oh, I'd love to spend Italy's a month in Italy. Lovely. Yeah. Rome is my favourite city I've ever been to. Yeah. I've only Rome been to incredible. Rome for a and day. And pizza, and pizza. <laughs> so I'd have loads of bread, loads of pasta, loads of pizza, load up on carbs, get really, 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 really overweight. And then I would just come back to the UK. And then be a celiac again and lose it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I think that, yeah, no, Italy's always struck me as really beautiful. And whenever anybody goes there in, like, TV shows or, like, because they, they go there in normal people mm. midway through the season. And when I was reading about it, when I read the book, because it's actually one of the, I can actually say this, it's one of the few books I've ever read that's actually been turned into anything. Because I don't read books, really, but I read normal people about two years ago. And then when I was reading about it, and I was like, oh, God, this is glorious. This sounds so gorgeous. She's making it sound so great, Sally Rooney. And then they go there in the show, and it's just like how I imagined it. And it's sort of like this kind of, like, sun-baked rural area where everything's green and, like, the house is made of stones Mm. and, like, not brick but stones. And it's, like, this big old house in the middle of nowhere, and you can look out for miles and miles. And I'd love to set up like that, just rock up in there and like put like sit out at night and like read a book with and i don't i don't even drink but like drink wine with bread and dip it in dipping oils and like just do all of that <laughs> yeah i know that there's just something about i'd love to go and do that i mean i'm sure there's loads of italians listening no there aren't any italians and you could visit all, you could visit all the locations from attack of the clones and you could tell oh. them all how you don't like sand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of was course. Was the yeah. filmed in Italy? Yeah. All the Naboo stuff, where really? it, where well, this I joked on that episode that it's space Italy, and I meant because it's it's Italy, it is Italy. No there's way. there's a lot of locations in that where they don't do any CGI, and it's just it's Italy. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's how beautiful it is that it looks like a planet from Star Wars. Yeah, Italy that whole is thing, mm. that yeah. whole thing about um, Italy being as good as it sounds is like. It's so it's one of the few. Rome is one of the few cities. Italy in general is one of the few places that I've been to, where it's it's as good as you think it's going to be. I actually yeah. found it's it like when you went to Naples and you had and you had those cannolis, yeah, as well. And like you the cannolis the size of your head, and like you could go. That was in Sicily. And you could go to Vesuvio and like yeah. So Sorrento yeah. is my favorite place in the world. I think. Um, See, I've not been to Sorrento. We've only been to amazing. cities really in Italy. We went Rome, to Florence. went to Rome and Florence. Rome was like just like breathtaking and uh, yeah, I also I'd love had, to go to Rome again I had the the hands down easily by a country mile the nicest ice cream I've ever had in my life in Rome that was so nice I was quite emotional it was that nice yeah it I've had like, my best ever ice cream in Naples yeah. <laughs> so and I suppose good. another thing as well this is this is purely a football thing but there are lots of like football cathedrals in Italy like the San Siro oh. Stadio Olimpico yeah so I mean I, I don't think the Del Alpi stands anymore that Juventus left their old stadium but like there are loads of really glorious places in like Florence I know really um, oh, Florence was absolutely beautiful that was lovely yeah, yeah. so and Venice Venice would be amazing so yeah no I would um, I'd love to go there and eat bread yeah I, I would join <laughs> you and do that and so we, we could go on a gondola and eat bread <laughs> and cheese all the cheese and, and we well, could go to well. Venice and say this is the bit where Casino Royale stops being good 
<laughs> and guess what? It's funny you should mention Casino Royale because that place where um, he recovers in Casino Royale from his injuries is the exact same location as where Anakin says, I, I don't like clones. Oh, it's the no same way. place. <laughs> yeah. How bizarre. <laughs> well, oh, when in Italy. Dear. Yeah. So we enjoyed we enjoyed Cheetos three so much that we've just spent the last fifteen minutes um, talking like, about Italy. gushing over. Well, that's the beauty of Rebel Hums is that it takes you to play literally takes you to places you've not been before. Oh, well. so, yeah. Um, so what are we grading? I'm just gonna go with a five and a half. It was a six, but then we talked right about it, so five and a half. Oh my god, I thought of another thing from the film. Sorry, you know when they were at dinner at um, Kevin three four seven's house. Yeah, and then his mum just goes, "Aqua, have you tried the chicken tikka masala?" And it's like that is the most basic <laughs> Western, <curry>. like basic <laughs> Indian. Isn't that invented? Masala's not even Indian. It was invented in Glasgow. <laughs> they uh, mentioned that, and then they mentioned they mentioned chaat at one point, which is quite Indian. So I'll give them that. But they like, don't actually have tikka masala in India. Do no, they? it's not. It's not really a thing. It's the, it's, it's a thing that's developed. It's certainly from not India, curry. It's, I think it's just like spiced meat. Well, it's like yeah, chi- chicken, chicken tikka is a yeah. thing, but chicken tikka yeah. masala is not a thing. Like chi- chicken tikka is just spiced chicken. Masala just means mixed, doesn't it? Like literally, it means just, spi- yeah. yeah, like a spice mix. That um, is ridiculous. I didn't know yeah, that was a tikka masala. That is that is. Really yeah, I turned to Rob and I was like, wow, I couldn't think of anything more creative <laughs> well, than tikka masala. At least you don't do the stereotypical thing of, oh, this food's too hot for you, white they, person. They did do that. <laughs> oh, they oh, kind right, of did okay. that. Do you remember when Akkor was walking with um, Kevin three four seven, and they were eating this chart, and she was like, oh, it's like Indian nachos, and then. Oh, yeah, he, goes, oh, he goes, yes. I like a woman who can handle her spice and she puts more chilli sauce on him and it's just like, God. Oh, well, <laughs> well, okay, at least you don't do the don't drink the water all you shit yourself moment. Well, that wouldn't yeah. be very cool for the cheetah girls, would it? To get the shit. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, sorry, Jay, what, what did you yeah, go on. give it? Um, I gave it five out of ten tikka masala. Uh, <laughs> yeah, chicken tikka masalas. Five out of ten tikka masalas. Well, um... For me, this I, I hate. Like I say, I hate to rag on it, and it's it, this. I, you may remember I really hated the first Cheetah Girls film, but for completely different reasons to this one. That first one was like I felt like it was really cynical. It was really like playing on things deliberately that just rubbed me up the wrong way. That I thought it was this like a really really horrible just a really nasty gross kind of film to be honest the first one this one is completely the opposite where I feel like there is an absence of anything meaningful and it just pissed me off it just <laughs> I just thought that there was no love for anything in this um, and it just pushed a lot of my buttons in things that I don't like in films which is when you do something but you don't commit to it when you've got characters that aren't characters they're just walking plot devices and when something fundamental is missing from the film but you push on ahead anyway which shows you really what have you got here you've not got many moving parts have you and I just didn't like it at all it's my least favourite one that we've watched so far and I'm giving it a 2 wow I was not expecting that I was expecting like a do you know, like a four and a half. I just really really didn't like it I'm afraid yeah Um, I mean fair play Um, this is hard it's definitely worse than two when in Spain yeah but I'm not sure if it's better than the first one I think it's definitely better no than I the feel first like one. it's got to be better than the first one doesn't it I actually know the first worse. one made I think it's like, worse the first one made me angry like I was just yeah this one's kind of just like eh. meh 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I share know, I your think... exact feelings now. Uh, you know, I've, sorry, I've been too harsh. I'm going to put it up to a three. Carry on, but I'm going to put mine up to a three. I've been too harsh. Go on. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this a five and a half. No, six. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have High School Musical 3. It's a return to East High. Yeah. And Albuquerque. This is the first High School Musical film that actually made it into the cinema. Yes. First and only film. Yeah. Ooh. Made it into the cinema. So it's technically not is... a decom. I was just going to but... say, it's not really a decom then, is it? I know, yeah. but because its origins are decom, or in like the decom realm, we've included it. Okay. Um, it's, de- it's decom adjacent, so. Yeah. High School Musical 3, I've only seen this like twice, I think. I don't remember a lot of it, to be honest. I haven't seen so. that. That doesn't bode well, because you love the first two. I know. I just I feel like it came out at a time where I was you were just a bit steering older. away from from Disney Channel and growing up. No, <laughs> oh, <sad times. laughs> that might be what the film was about. And, and to be honest, because it came out in the cinemas first, it was just a bit like you can't just sit at home and watch it on the on the Disney Channel when your mum has to take you to the cinema and stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, but we'll see. Okay. Well, we'll see you there for it. Bye. We will see you. See you then. Bye bye. Ciao.